My man. Big football weekend. River, how was hockey? Had the uh you had the weekend away with the boys? Yeah. Uh okay. Interesting why you're starting there after I just uh laid my guts out to you for half an hour. <laughs> no, no. What are you doing? It's a tough weekend. No, no, I'm not. No, I have an angle that I'm taking about no, your, sure your yeah. hockey weekend. No, I saw your video of the of the uh all the boys watching the football game on Thursday. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's better. A little jumpy, um, little jumpy this morning, eh? How can we be nine days away from training camp and have minimal news in the hockey world? Other than John Tortorella's quote, I have concerns in the locker room, isn't in a rush to name a captain. But there's like nothing, Riv. Training camp starts in nine days, and we have we, we have minimal to talk about. There's no injury reports for guys coming into camp. <laughs> there's no there's no arrests. We have very few weddings, which I think is a very good thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't have much going on. Yeah. Uh, so you almost have to make shit up. Do you have do you have excitement at all about uh, about this upcoming I mean, season? I, like, are there some teams to you? That kind of stick out. Oh yeah, that you that you oh. wanna that you wanna focus on, watch. Oh see yeah, see the outcome. And it just so happens that we got the, it's a direct relation to our show. Is it's Calgary? I I cannot. Yeah, that's to, one. Yeah, you know. Listen, I mean, I obvi- think. I'm sorry. Is that an obvious one? Well, is it obvious? Like, um, I'm going to be watching Calgary because it was the biggest trade of the summer. Okay, they yeah. lose Johnny Goudreau, and. Matthew Kachuk in one year and Gabran- Eric Branson. Okay. Can't, can't forget him. He's not a star, but he was a piece of the puzzle there in Calgary and they, they were very good. Oh, I got quickly, quickly in a little insider info for you. I heard the Sabres were in on good Branson found out he wanted four for four and we're like, no, thanks. And then he signed in Columbus. I don't think they believe maybe he, they didn't, I don't know. The story was, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know if they didn't believe he would get four for four and then he got it like right away. Or they were just kind of like, we're not paying you four for four, but I, they definitely didn't have him valued at four for four. Just a little insider info for you. Okay. Um, I think, I think that we can both agree right now that we're happy with Lilia Labushkin. Yeah, I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they made a mistake. I'm just okay. giving you that they were in on him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If you, yeah. I'm not throwing daggers. Well, here. listen. I mean, I'm happy that that you're telling me that you heard some inside information that at least they were in on him. Listen, every team will 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 look at a person, a player, and they will dissect this player down, and then they will give a financial, you know, what this player is worth to the organization. Okay, how long of a contract? What's his number? And listen, I mean, Gabranson is he a four million dollar defenseman? No, he's not. He's, no, he's, he's probably not. Okay, but is he a four million dollar defenseman to some team? Yes, yes, he is because he, someone signed I, him. To he it. is a four million dollar defenseman on my team. If I'm a general manager, I wouldn't have given him the fourth year. But that's that's probably well, that's the, the bar- deciding that's the bar- factor, right? That's, that's the bargaining chip. Yeah. Um, listen, I don't have a problem at all with uh, Lilia Labushkin. Uh, very, I think, a very friendly uh, signing for for the Sabers. 
That's what I will say. 2.75 for two years. Not too shabby. Um, but, you know, looking at teams around the league, Calgary is obviously one that we're going to be looking at because it was a major trade. When you have superstars flying, you know, out of out of a market in Calgary, Matthew Kachuk being traded for, there was a lot. There was a big, there was a big haul. Well, know, it's kind McKenzie of that. Weger, uh, Jonathan Huberto, you know, a first round draft pick next year and uh, a, a prospect. And the prospect is supposed to be a guy that apparently has an opportunity because he's that good to make the team this year. So you initially asked me, you're like, is there any, are there any teams or, you know, whatever I said, there's a lot of stories and you said, are there any teams in particular you're watching? It's kind of that Calgary triangle, right? You got Calgary, Florida and Columbus. You know, what's yeah. Johnny Goudreau going to do there with Patrick Line, who's sitting on a new contract? You know, it's like, yes, like because when Line was traded a few years ago, you're sitting there thinking, is this guy going to be, is he going to go backwards here? You know, what, what kind of player are we going to get if it if it's, you know, the same guy you were getting unhappy that was in Winnipeg? So kind of that whole, whole Calgary triangle because, oh, I say Calgary. Someone messaged our show and said, why do you guys say Calgary? Calgary. Minnesota loves our show. He's like, well, how are we supposed to say it? Calgary. Is it Calgary? Calgary or Calgary? Calgary? Calgary. 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 How do you, I I guess we were saying Calgary. And I said, so I responded back to him and I said, hey, uh, I didn't realize we were saying that. Ha ha, you know, whatever. Tomato, tomato. He goes, I recognize it more with Craig. Pasta and pasta. You know, it all depends on where you're from, I guess, but uh, it's true. It's right? Okay. So anyway, um, so the, that triangle of teams are the ones that I'm, I'm kind of looking at. Is there anyone else outside that you had in yeah, mind? In for particular? me, for me, Florida Panthers are, are one that I, I have an eye on just because I've watched Florida so much in the last number of years, obviously because of Mackenzie Weger, but to see what they did. You know, trading away McKenzie, trading away Jonathan Huberdo, giving a first round draft pick, which they kind of don't have because they don't have a they don't have any more draft picks, first round draft picks. No, no 2003, no 2004, no 2005. I sit there and I look at their team. You mean 20, uh, 22, 3, 4, they, 20. They didn't sign uh, Marchment, Mason Marchment. They didn't sign Achari. You know, they they lost some players. They lost some players. Ben and they're Sherratt left the, the defense. But Drew um, didn't come back. Not Drew that that did not been... come back. You know, I mean, the team is not going to be the same. They went, they went and signed Colin, uh, Colin white. Okay. Colin white got bought out by the Ottawa senators. Got bought out by the Ottawa senators, you know, brought in guys like Nick cousins, big friggin' deal. As far as I'm concerned, the team got way worse. The team got way worse. And I'm going to be interested. It's what happens when you got 10 and a half mil dumped into a tendy. Yeah, that's not worth it because, you know, they want to play their, their backup. They want, he's not even their backup. Like Spencer Knight was drafted, what, 11th overall? They need him to step in and play. He's going to be, what, 22 years old this year? 
they want him to play. But you know, listen, they're they're paying uh, they're paying old uh, Sergey uh, Bobrovsky uh, ten schmilly a year, and they don't even want him. So who else? Who else are you watching? Am I or am I cutting that conversation short for you? Uh, nope. Um, you know, obviously, uh, again, I key with with what's going to happen in Vegas. I look at what's happening in Vegas. You know, where is this team? Is this team going to get back to being one of those top teams in the league? Now we can't. No one can sit there and shit on Jack Eichel, okay, in this city, and say he's the reason why they are losing. No, they lost because everybody was injured. Like all of their top guys were injured at some point. Um, and I'm curious to see how how Vegas does. You know, they've got a they've got a terrible situation with their goaltending. Um, you know, and, and it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch to see where that team goes. Cause they, they do have some talent. There's no question, but who are their goalies? Who are these guys? Who like I watch, I watch enough hockey to know that I don't know who these guys are. Well, Robin Leonard obviously was was the guy and he's now, you know, He's now out for an entire season, so um, they're Laurent they're going to be in Tussaw, Aiden Hill, and Logan Thompson. Yeah, I don't know them. So, holy shit! Holy shit! All right, moving on. Who else? Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, everybody like everybody from our area over on this side of the border is still very aware of of uh the blue and white right the maple leafs and and you know that team having some superstars always being highly competitive they've been a top team in the league offensively for a number of years people have always talked about they lack goaltending well they went this year and picked up two goaltenders is matt murray gonna be a bust or a boom is he gonna stink or is he gonna take off and and get back to where he where he used to be? Um, Ilya Sansonov, another guy that is going to have an opportunity. He's twenty five years old. He wants an opportunity to to take on a number one position. It's going to be fun to watch the goaltending in he, Toronto. He could be. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and fancy myself a goaltender um, know it all. Okay. Yeah. But I do remember him. He was a first-round draft pick by Washington. Yep. How old are goalies when they come into their prime? Look at Jacob Markstrom. I played with this kid when he was twenty. He was a train wreck. Look at him now. What? He's a how he's are, how old are goaltenders when they're in their prime? Yeah, how old are goaltenders when they actually develop and are ready to take over? 25, 26. I would say twenty-six to thirty. Thank you. This and, could be and their prime years are probably you know later on. Like this could be a steal, yeah, of a signing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That Ilya Samsonov. I mean, there, there's no question. He could be an absolute steal at $1.8 million and develop into a number one. I don't think anyone knows what they have in this guy. Why do you think Why do you think teams are so locked on guys like, like you look at the Sabres right here in Buffalo, UPL, and these other guys and all these yeah. young goaltenders? They don't want to give up on these guys. Um, I, I want to ask you about the Leafs' defense, though, because for years we talked about they have so much offensive firepower, all the big guns. They have guys that can score. Their defense has significantly improved in the last few years. 
Well, it, it was it was their Achilles heel of their team. They were not good. I mean, besides a, a Morgan Riley that uh, is a point-producing guy that plays a lot of minutes, they really, really lacked in depth. It's taken them some time. Jake Muzzin brought over from L.A. a couple years ago, solid defenseman. T.J. Brody, very solid defenseman. They got a huge pickup in Mark Giordano, who signed for two years and eight hundred grand, which is an absolute steal. And uh, you also have a few other, other guys like Justin Hall, big kid, um, not a young kid. Um, he's not, he's not a kid. He's 30 years old. Um, he gets uh, shit on. He get, you know what? He's a, he's, he's an he's he's solid. easy target. He's solid. He is solid. He makes few mistakes. Sometimes, sometimes end up in the back of your net, but he's a, he's a good steady defenseman, man. He's yes, he huge. Is. He makes 2 million bucks. He's a good player. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And then you have the, 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 um, Rasmus, uh, Sanheim. Who's Rasmus Sandine? Sandine, yeah. Um, he he's a great he's a great D. He is a really really nice defenseman. Young kid, twenty two years old, still growing into to his game. Um, and you know he's going to be a really really good player for years to come. But they have depth on D. They have older guys. They have depth on D. They have some guys that can jump in if any any injuries happen. It's a strong team right now. You know, it's going to be led, you know, it's going to be led by Austin Matthews, Mitchie Marner, Neilander still, still there kicking around, dominating. Like, I mean, everybody ships yeah, on look this at, kid. Look but... at their, look at their other forwards. I think they did a great job in Toronto signing depth players. Like Callie Yarncrook was one of the most cost-effective contracts in the NHL for the last five, six years. He was on that shitty yeah, six-year $12 million deal, $2 million per year. He was putting up yeah. 45 points a year. He was getting 20 goals some years, right? Yeah. And then he goes and signs a four-year with Toronto at 2.1. I mean, I, I would have seen his value a little higher than that, but still, they got him for 2.1. They got Engvall back. Uh, they they brought in David Kampf. They got that uh, uh, Nicholas Obey-Kubel, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Right. Yep. Yep. Kyle Clifford's still there. Like they and brought Nicholas, in Adam, uh, Adam Gaudette. Kubel played on Columbus. He won a Stanley Cup this year with Columbus playing Col on their fourth Col line. Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> Jesus. My God. That's a minor but Michael hockey. That's a minor hockey weekend right there. Yeah, right. That's minor hockey brain coming out. Um, Michael Bunting, huge yeah. year for him too coming up. Yep. They're gonna be a solid team. And you know, they're 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 superstar heavy on the offense. Um They've got some real solid defense and they picked up two goaltenders this year and they're probably just sitting there crossing their fingers that one of them, one of them can pop and take the reins. Care Toronto's going to be, Toronto's going to, they're going to be, they're going to be a very tough team to beat. I think we've touched, touched on some of the obvious teams though. Yep. Care to ask me some of the other teams that I'm watching. Can you guess? Go Once ahead. You, try No, try to guess, try to guess a team or two that I'm watching closely or, or that I think could have some interesting storylines. Boston. No, I thought you would talk about Boston. So no, I left Boston off my list. Okay. Mm. Detroit, Ottawa, you know, teams that got better, I think on paper. Yep. Yeah. Why do you say on paper? Well, 
They haven't played yet. Yeah. But they're good freaking players that they brought in these teams. Do you know yep. what I mean? I, I know they're yep. on paper. So, I mean, it's like, but these are the, these are teams that you, you sit back and they've been at the bottom of the league for the last few years. They got some yep. good up-and-coming players, both of those teams, Ottawa and Detroit. You know, Stutzel's deal, we haven't even talked about that. Stutzel got that uh, that new deal over yep. over the weekend. I mean, that's a team that I look at and I think, where are they going to go this year? Where are the where are the Ottawa Senators going to go this year? Because they're going to come in like they started in. Buffalo Do you like here. the deal though? Uh, Tim Stitzel's twenty it. years old. Twenty got, years old. I got shit on for it because a lot of people started coming at me on social media about Tage Thompson's deal and how they think now that that deal is signed that they think Tage Thompson's deal looks like gold or what do I think of that? They think, you know, and I sit and I think he's, he's had a better start to his career than Tage Thompson did. You know what I mean? He said he, he put up two good seasons as a 19, 20 year old, whereas Tage Thompson just started. So, I mean, I don't think they're com- comparable with where they're going with where their projections are. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I, 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 I don't compare the two as for the deal. Man, there are a lot of guys getting a lot of money on second contracts. I mean, you're not sec- okay with that? Ah, uh, you know, I look back and like, look, I look back and I think about Jack Eichel and I think about the Buffalo Sabers and I don't, I don't want to keep going back to Jack Eichel and relying that as a crutch for a conversation. But I think about guys that got too much too soon, you know, and. He's one of them. You know, Connor McDavid was a very different situation, very different scenario. But guys like this, I don't know why we are in such a rush. Like, look at Patrick Kane. He didn't sign an eight-year deal, his second contract. He signed a six-year deal, but he didn't sign an eight-year deal. You yeah, know? But- like, he, the, the, I just, I, I, you, you give him the moon early. And I just and I think that everybody else around the league expects that. I don't know why there's such a rush to get players signed to massive deals for long term. I, I just I, I don't understand that. Maybe it's a CBA issue that puts pressure on these teams. Obviously has some some cap uh, conversation in there. Um, obviously projection as to where you think this kid's gonna get to if he's at ninety points. What are you gonna be paying him and shit like that? But it just I don't know why we do it. Well, you do it because you know that the cap is going to go up. Like you're talking about a Tim, uh, Tim Stutzel. Okay. You're talking about a Robert Thomas from, from, uh, St. Louis who signed for 8.125. Okay. An eight year deal. You're looking at Tim Stutzel who signed for 8.35 for an eight year deal, but they still have to finish off. So it's actually a nine year deal. Okay, because they still have to finish off their entry level deal. I I believe that these teams are going to be looking at this saying he's making eight point three five. And in five years from now, the salary cap, which is what right now? Eighty two, three, somewhere in there. They're probably hoping that in five years from now, maybe the salary cap is is at 90 million. Okay. And if the salaries cap, caps at 90 million, 
those young star players are going to get more than 8.35 or more than eight or more than Tage Thompson at, at 7 million a year. Yeah. Okay. But Stutzel had Stutzle, Stutzel, Stutzle, whatever, the, whatever, you know, in 79 games, you had 22 goals, 36 assists, 58 points. I don't care about plus minus teams sucked young mistakes, whatever. I don't really care about that. But you're talking about what, a 19 year old kid though, right? right? Right. So what I'm saying is what happens if he has 60 points again this year? You can't tell me that he, he's, he's going to justify it on the defensive side of the puck because his plus minus doesn't indicate that. Now I'll throw him under the bus for that. Yeah. But, but we're talking a number three overall pick in 2020. Why does we're the talking draft about, ranking matter? We're talking about, it does matter. Okay. Just but like it, in football, it, in football, if you're drafted uh, the first five it matters picks, if you're you get performing, a certain it amount matters of money. if you're not, but he's not really, de- he had a really good second year, not an eight point. What's his cap? Eight point what? 8.35. Like 19 years old. Just went and scored 22 goals. 58 points in 79 games on a rebuild team, Petey. What are you talking about? This is a rebuild hockey team. They are like, do you get what I'm saying right now? This kid had a very, very good season as a 19 year old kid. What's he going to be like when he's 22? I'd love to be like when he's 25. Think of this deal. This deal never would have been done if Eugene Melnick were running the ship. I don't think. Maybe not. I don't think so. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, uh, but I'm I'm just saying that I, I just think that, man, you know, I don't have a problem with this signing. $8.35 million. You have Brady Kachuk at $8.25 million. You have Josh Norris that they just signed $7.95 million. They have their core locked and sealed for a number of years. So where the, the salary cap is skyrocketing, okay, means that stars over Kansas. Do you remember that saying, stars over Kansas? The stars are going to get paid a lot of money. The $8 million contract of today, five years or five years down the road, when the salary cap is skyrocketing and moving up, that $8 million contract is going to be. $9.25 million or Not nine and a half million dollars. 65 points. Like you, you can't keep. No, I'm talking about the saying new that kid. Oh, the, 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 the sound, the, the contract will be protected by the cap going up. If the guy's not performing, I mean, you I'm not can't talking about that. PD. I'm talking about in five years from now, the young Tim Stutzel on his team is not going to be signing for $8.3 million. He's going to be signing for $9.5 million. Okay. So there's more, there's more pie. Let me ask you something. He goes out this year, puts up 60 points. What, what, what are you signing him to on a, on a long-term deal after this year? If he gets 60 points, I would still probably think, I would still think that you're in the same number. Because if he comes this year in his third year in the NHL and he's 20 years old and he goes out and puts up 25 goals and let's just say 63 points, it may not justify 
an $8.3 million, $8. million contract, but he's not on an $8.3 million contract next year. He's on a $950,000 contract next year. So let me ask you this question. Is 25 goals, 63 points worth $950,000? Yeah, but it's the not The answer worth is the, yes. It's not Perfect. worth Thank you very much. See the next year, Craig? The next year, he might go to 82 points and he 30 goals. 60. Like, if what do we? No, no, no. What do we if, mean here? And if he goes to, if he's in his fourth year, PD, when he starts to make $8.35 million, if he gets 30 goals and 80 points, that's worth $8 million, the $8 million, $8.35 million contract. Yeah, but he hasn't done that before. So there's no there's no saying if he's They're signing gonna... to a projection. Oh, I wonder are, uh, no one's ever been wrong on projections before, Craig. All I'm saying okay. is I'm just I'm trying to think of it from the standpoint of the team, why these teams go and give this money away. It, it just because makes... they don't want to have to get into a situation that let's just say hypothetically that they allow Tim Stutzel in Ottawa to go and play this year out. The team is a lot better. You're going to have Tim Stutzel possibly playing with guys like DeBrinket, maybe, uh, you know, Claude Giroux or, or, or um, um, Brady Kachuk. Who knows who he's going to play with? But he's going to be playing with very good hockey players. And let's just say that he goes and scores 85 points and has 33 goals next year. Could you see that happening? 85 points and 33 goals? I can see it happening. He is an incredibly talented hockey player. And at 21, at 20 years old this year, if he puts up 33 goals and he, and he gets 85 points, he's not signing for $8.35 million a year. He's signing for $10.5 million a year. So the team right now is making a decision. We feel that this kid is going to be special. We have seen things throughout the last two years that we see a very high upside in him. We need to sign him now. And I don't have a problem with it. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't always add up. Sometimes it doesn't add up, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it pays the team off. Just like it. It's just like, for an example, Nate McKinnon, Nate McKinnon back in the day when he went and signed that, what, what was it? Six years for $6.3 million. He didn't deserve $6.3 million back then. Not at all. But that contract has paid the Colorado avalanche off in a big way. So now They've Tim got Stutzel an absolute is, is insane McKinnon. point producer. Now Tim Stutzel is Nate McKinnon. You're telling me... So you know who makes eight point five million in this league? Drysidel. <laughs> Fuck, I, you know what I love that about you. You are like you're Rain Man when it comes to the stats and salaries of this league. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How, so so go on and tell me. How do you see Drysidel type potential when it comes to Stutzel, Stutzle, however you say his name? How can you say right? So like, well, that's the whole point of this. I mean, it ends he, up being an unbelievable contract for Edmonton, but all I'm saying is it doesn't, it, it doesn't always work that way. And this isn't a guy that's sitting here deserving 8.3 million. 
So yes, I think I think it's a ridiculously stupid signing by Ottawa. Well, let me let me let me think about this for a second. Let me let me go back to this. Edmonton Oilers in their first year, Leon Draisaitl played thirty-seven games, and he had two goals and nine points. Tim Stutzel, if you go back to his statistics, help me out here. Had twelve goals. How many points did he have? Thirty-six. His rookie year. Yes. Just had it, something like that. It's like twelve goals, thirty-six points, and like fifty-some games. Okay, not a bad year for a rookie. Very good, actually, as an eighteen-year-old. Then you look at the second year for Tim Stutzel: twenty-two goals, fifty-eight points in seventy-nine games. Where Leon Dreisaitl had nineteen goals, fifty-one points in seventy-two games. So ultimately, on the exact same trajectory. Ottawa elected to sign Stutzel right now to this contract at $8.35 million. They didn't want him to play his last year of his ent- of his entry-level deal. You want to know why? Because if Tim Stutzel goes and, uh, goes and plays and gets 85 points, like I told you, with 33 goals, he's going to be a $10.5 million hockey player. Dry Seidel, in the year he signed this deal, he played 82 games, 29, 48, 77. Yes. Then so he, he played had 29 13, goals and 77 he points. 13 playoff games, six goals, 10 assists. Okay. And then he signed that deal because you recall. For $8.5 million. That was back five years ago, Petey. That was back five years ago. The salary cap was lower back then. All eyes on Tim Stutzel. He is, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great signing. You talk about Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson has played in the minors. We all knew that it was going to take Tage Thompson a little bit longer to grow into his body because he's six foot seven. He's got insane, insane skills and hands. He's got an insane shot. And for six foot seven, he skates exceptionally well. So when you're sitting there looking at Tage Thompson at a seven-year deal for $7.14 million a year, he just scored 38 goals and 68 points. I would think Tage Thompson would continue on the path. Buffalo Sabres that watch that young man every single day, they know what he's like on the ice. They know what he's like on the ice, in practice, and in games. And they elected to sign this guy. He may not have had the track record that the others have had, but they feel very comfortable that Tage Thompson is going to continue. May not score 38 goals, but they feel that he can be a point producer, a power play guy, a penalty killer, he is going to be the number one center on the team. And you're telling me that you're paying him $7.1 million? That's a friggin' steal in the NHL. If he grows into what they feel that his upside is, they're going to crush this deal. Love the optimism. But this is a massive year. I look forward to seeing it. 
I like that's I didn't want to bring it back to Buffalo right away, but it's you know, I mean, there's a lot of eyes on the Sabres this year. Well, listen, I mean, there's like, gonna be eyes on the Sabres. We talk all NHL, we talk all teams, we talk all these teams that go out and they sign these young players, whether it's St. Louis, um, whether it's Ottawa Senators that just went and signed Tim Stutzel, they signed Josh Norris, they signed, you know, Brady Kachuk. All these teams are doing the same thing. But I'm going to tell you, the eyes are going to be on Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres nationally. You want to know why? It's because Buffalo has one of the youngest and most promising uh, rookie, not rookie players, but young core of players. What's going to happen with Rasmus Dahlin? Well, he's got did you two see? years left. So it's a great deal that they signed him for. They got to sign Yoki Haru. They're going to have to sign Owen Power. Well, it's funny you say that about Owen Power because what about he, Peyton Krebs? Well, what about was, Dylan Cousins? Owen Power was at the rookie symposium or media thing, I guess. Like they, there was, I don't know who tweeted the picture out from the Buffalo media, but he was, he was down on wherever they take the rookies and do all their cards and autographs and stuff yeah. and pictures and all this stuff for the league, right? Showcase the showcase, the young talent. Yep. You know who else was there with him? Tell me number 22 of the Buffalo Sabres, not Lindy Ruff, not Adam Mayer. Trying to think of other guys that wore 22. Johan Larson, not him. So who, Jack Quinn. Aki Quinn. Yeah. It, does he automatically have a spot on this team? Well, does he what are you what are you trying to say? Does he deserve to be in that super high end class of of player? Uh yeah. what do you mean? I I don't care if this kid has a good camp or a bad camp. He starts the season in Buffalo. In okay. my opinion, okay, I don't care. The you know he tore up the American League. He, so what you're saying right now is that the 26 goals, the 61 points in 45 games, as a 20 year old, is good enough for him to make the NHL? It's good enough. It's good enough for me. To know that he can produce at a pro level like that. And I can't wait to see what he can do at this level with even better players than he's playing with. So, and I thought last year in his first game against Tampa Bay, and by the way, his first goal was a absolute cannon top corner. Yep. Okay. Yep. His first game, he he had a couple chances and it, you know, you think like nerves and you know, if it, if, if just uh, two more extra games under his belt and those two chances go in, no problem. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't think people understand the nerves that go into a first NHL game, maybe even a second, but the first one by far is, is the most intimidating game you'll ever play. And I, he was playing Tampa Bay, Stanley Cup champs, but he didn't look out of place. He had two beautiful scoring chances, and yep. 
You know, you sit and you think. Super, super talented kid. Skates well, shoots well, hockey IQ. He had an absolutely insane um, rookie year. 45 games played. He had 26 goals and 61 points. And he was injured for, with what, what did he have? Mono? Is that what he had? Yeah, I think I think he might have had mono and or something like that. But uh, he had an unreal, unreal year in the minors. He was, uh, at, you know, before he was injured, he was leading the American Hockey League in goals and in points as a twenty-year-old, as a rookie. It's mind-boggling. So yes, so yes, very much. Do I believe that this kid should be playing this year in the NHL? Second year in the league, second year pro. Um, I think that, uh, you know, is he going to have his stumbling blocks? Absolutely. And we would hope for that because he's going to learn from those things. Yeah, but maybe and not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe the, he's the league gonna... isn't the league isn't that point where, you know, their their stumbling block, block blocks can be created by, you know, not being fast enough, not being yeah, skilled enough, every... not being tough enough. Like the, it's I think it's. I think Every the one game of these now, kids are going to have stumbling blocks. They yeah, but I, what I'm saying is that I feel like now the game is easier for these young players to transition into and just step right into where they're the role that they're projected to be on a roster versus back when we were playing. This guy would have spent time on Peters and Mayer's line for a sh- for a few shifts a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like now that that they're more willing to just take a kid from the minors, bring him up. He was a high draft pick. Slap him on one of the top two lines and just see how he does with the good players. Yeah, yeah. And why would well, he do that with this kid? Well, he 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 will get an opportunity to play with with good hockey players, regardless of what line he plays on. He will he will play with uh, some very strong players. He's got the skills. He's got the shot. You know, I I I, I remember when he was drafted. Maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit light, maybe a bit, a little bit lean, um, but he's he's going to be a kid that uh, that I think with his uh, with his structure in the last couple years of of putting in some good years in in the summer. I haven't heard anything about him uh, in his training wise, so I can't say what what he's doing in the off season. But one of the things that he had to do to be able to transition from you know, junior hockey to the minors in the American Hockey League and then to the NHL is it's it's about speed and strength of the players, the intelligence of the players. Things happen quicker. They happen smoother. It's actually when I got called up back back in the day, which gazillion years ago, it was easier, much, much easier to play in the NHL than what it was to play in the American Hockey League. But the game was way, way faster. So if you could think the game at a quick pace, then you you could play in the NHL. And this this kid here, he's got world class talent. I mean, he's got he's got a, a sniper shot. He's got good size to him, um, and he's going to be hungry to 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 try and crack this lineup this year. And it'll be interesting to see if he does. Well, I think he does. I don't think he just cracks it. I, I think he's going to be given every opportunity to fail. And I don't think training camp's even going to be a gauge for him. I, I really don't. I, I, there's no, there is no scenario other than injury that Jack Quinn doesn't start in Buffalo. There's, n- there's no scenario. It could be minus twenty in all the exhibition games, and he is 
as he is going to be given every opportunity. I, I that's extreme minus twenty, but that's just adding you know dramatics to my point. I I just don't see any scenario where this kid doesn't start the season in Buffalo. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see the line combinations, which you know that I love. I love discussing and talking about. You know that Tage Thompson line with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck were world class last year. I don't think I don't know if they're going to be together next year. I don't know if that line's going to be together. I think, you know, where do you put Victor Olofsson? Do you put him on the right side or are you going to keep him on the left side? Um these these are all decisions. How can you sit there and tell me that you don't think Skinner, Thompson, Tuck going left to right aren't going to start the year together. If they're healthy, they start together. Isn't that, I don't understand what you're talking about here. All you've ever said is that's our number one line. Why are you going to change that? Because you can't, I'm sorry, no disrespect, but Tage Thompson was not Tage Thompson until Alex Tuck showed up. It's it, it. Go look yeah. at go look at the stat sheets. So when Alec, when you got a six foot five winger flying up and down, back checking his ass off, forechecking his ass off, it it didn't give Tage, Tage Thompson any other choice but to work at the same level. And Jeff Skinner, the same thing. Otherwise, his winger, the new winger that just got here, was going to leave them in the dust. So they picked up their slack. Now it would be nice to have another Alex Tuck that you could throw on another line to suck that out of some other players. But I just don't see that you're going to take Tuck off that line, throw Quinn on the wing, and and or anybody else for that matter, and expect yeah. that you're going to have the same number one because chemistry. Think- number two, reaction from the fan base. If you start the season in Buffalo and Thompson, Tuck, and and Skinner aren't together. The fans are going to be irate. No, they're they're going to want. They're going to have. No, they're They're going to want Granados. Not true. That's not true at all. Because I think, I think in you have to realize that the like our team, in particular, there is changes, big changes from year to year with the younger players. Okay, if you hit. 26, 27, 28, 29, your year to year is not going to change. You're the same guy. You're physically dominant. You've grown. You know you're a true professional. You're going to be the same size, strength, speed. You might even get a little bit slower as you kind of move, navigate through your late 20s. The younger guys, we do not know the ceiling of Dylan Cousins. We do not know the ceilings of Peyton Krebs. We have no idea what we are going to get in the ceiling out of Jack Quinn. But what I'm Casey Middlestat, have we seen what Casey Middlestat is all about? Have you seen it? Have you seen enough where you're like, ah, you know, I, I know what he's about. He's 23. He's 23 years old. Casey Middlestat from this to point forward to the time he's 28 he he could become a completely different player. I think he's an insanely talented yeah, and guess hockey what? player. Guess what? You want to know what? what the risk is? And I find this with Casey. He can go one way or the other. Okay. Well, you haven't found out which which no, way he's going yet. So you no, got to yeah. give him opportunity, and you got to play him with players that he's going to have success with. And if if I were to say you're going to put him with Peyton Krebs and and uh, Middlestat and 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 Alex Tuck. 
That would be one hell of a line because I think Peyton Krebs is going to be a better hockey player than what he was at 20 years old in his first year in the league. He's going to be bigger, stronger, more confident, and he might explode onto the scene. Casey Middlestat, who is was the best player at training camp one calendar year ago. Polly Hamilton said it multiple times. He was the best player at training camp. Then he got hurt on day one and it derailed his whole season. Do we know what Casey Middlestat is? Do we know what we're getting? Are we getting a guy that could be an 80 point guy? Or are we getting a guy that could be a 50 point guy? We do not know yet. And I think that there's, there's gray areas throughout our lineup with a tremendous amount of growth that could happen with certain players. And Alex Tuck is not married to Taves Thompson and Jeff Skinner. Well, then uh, we don't have a number one line is what you're saying. Like, don't, I don't want to hear you say that's our number one line, because if you can break it up that easily before the season even starts, yeah, then this team doesn't have a number one line period. Maybe not. If Alex Tuck's not on the line, maybe, maybe it isn't. I can agree with you. Maybe, maybe we don't have a number one line, but maybe just maybe we might have more depth throughout our lineup that can still produce offensively and, and be strong defensively. And guess what? That's why, uh, that's why the coaches down there are paid the big bucks. They know these players. They're watching these players before they even get to training camp. They have, there's so much dialogue that's, that happens that these guys know where guys are going to fit in. And we're going to have to sit back and wait. Speaking of Buffalo, a former Sabre just signed with Colorado. Did you see it? Ivan Rodriguez, as you would call him, Evan Rodriguez signed two million bucks, one year, two million with Colorado. Wow. You know, it's, you know, I would just like to say, because I know that you're stumbling over your words a little bit, that maybe we, I, did not see this coming from Evan Rodriguez over the last couple of years, few years that he was with Pittsburgh. He's put up some, you know, last year for sure. He had a good year, but I didn't think I'd ever see this from him, this type of player. And I think breaking away from Buffalo and going and playing with Sidney Crosby, not just even on his line per se, because he wasn't always playing with him, but I just mean being around him. I feel like everybody's infectious or he's infectious on everybody and he just turns everybody into a, much better hockey player because their standard is so much higher. They have to practice harder. I think he was going from what was at the time, a Mickey mouse organization with maybe personnel and things like that to a finely tuned, well-oiled machine that was still trying to, to win and took a Stanley cup very seriously. So that pays to go to those types of organizations and it it can advance your career. And it did, it did for Evan Rodriguez. There's no question. Was that unfair for me to say? No, because I was not a big fan of Evan Rodriguez at all. So um, I'm super happy because I, I, I certainly not. I, I don't sit here and and uh, when I talk about certain players, want them to fail. I don't want them to fail. I just don't like Evan Rodriguez and his game. 
And that's just me, period. Now, did he have a great year? Like, I mean, a great year in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Silence the critics. Silence guys like me. You shut your mouth, Rive, because you don't know what you're talking about. I still wouldn't take him. How about that? I don't care if he scores 50. I won't take him. But I'm happy. And listen, I mean, is there... Like, do, do you ever think about, like, why why it's taken so long for him to sign a contract? Why is he signing a contract now? On September, what are we, 12th? Why wasn't he signed in July? I don't know, because he probably wanted, like, four million bucks. Well, that's, I'm assuming, that's not fair. Maybe, just, just maybe. People see what I see. I don't know. I don't pretend to be a GM only in my off time in my underwear sitting on the couch. That's why I'm the best GM of all time. I never made a mistake, but you know, he's a nice hockey player. Evan Rodriguez is a nice hockey player. Skates. Well, you know, he's defensively responsible in Pittsburgh last year. He had a really, really good opportunity, which he took advantage of when some of the big boys were out of the lineup. Okay. Evgeny Malkin, but, uh, you know, for me, his game is just a Band-Aid. He's a Band-Aid. And that's why he signed a one-year deal on a, on a team that just won the Stanley Cup that lost a centerman in Caudry. He's a Band-Aid. He's in, an insurance valve on a one-year deal for two Schmilly. And hopefully, and I, again, I don't, I hope that he does well. I hope he plays another really strong season in Colorado where someone will see that this guy's done it for two years in a row. He's played exceptionally well. He's of value to our team and we'll sign him to a long-term contract. Well, I'll say this. If Pittsburgh didn't see the need to bring him back or find room to bring him back, you know, then that's a red flag for me. But I'm happy that he's I'm happy he had a great year. I'm happy that he's making good money and I'm happy he's still in the league. He's he's he had a great year last year. But I find it interesting that Pittsburgh brings back Malkin Latang and they're looking to continue to try to win. They're not bringing those guys back to go on a retirement tour. Yeah. You know, why wasn't he back there? Uh, moving to another team in Pennsylvania. Over the weekend, I caught this uh, headline, Flyers coach Tortorella admits he has major concern about the team's locker room. and He's, um, he's in no rush to name a captain. So a couple things. I, there's two angles I want to take to this. Number one, why do you think he feels that way, if you have any idea at all? And number two, how does that resonate with the players that are there? Um. You know, Claude Drew was there for a very long time in in um, in Philly. He's a great hockey player. You know, he's he's a guy that probably kept uh, things tight in the locker room. Um, but you look at you look at what happened, what's happening in Philly right now. This is a team that I believe in short time is going to be tearing it down and i mean starting all over okay they they are going to be a lower level bottom team in the league 
with what I see on the roster. And I think there's going to be a transition. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think that he's going to name a captain until he understands because he got brought in here and I'm sure that he sat down with the, with the GM and the management. And I'm sure John Tortorello wanted to know where, where is the direction that you guys, the ones making the decisions with my lineup, what direction do you think you're going to be going? I think they've talked it out. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I think it's going to be, um, I think this is something that, uh, there's going to be a there's going to be a big I mean, transition that's in, fine. in, in Philadelphia, saying, but but that doesn't that's fine. You can go through a rebuild and not have a concern in the locker room. I mean, like you're sitting here going, you're you're make you're saying oh, they're going to be transitioning. I can see them tearing it down, and and that's fine. I may, I agree. Maybe maybe they try to do what other teams do and not tank and try to try to transition on the rush or on the run. You know what I mean on the on the go. You know, build on the on the go like the Rangers did, like Detroit's trying to do. You know, like, like auto is trying to do granted. They've had some high draft picks, but they haven't like gotten number one. But I guess my point is, is maybe they do tear it down. Maybe they don't, but that, that doesn't matter. Why is he saying he has concerns about the room? Well, you have, does uh, he have concerns? Does he really know what he's talking about when he says that? So I don't know what's in the room. Okay. I, I, I don't know what's in the room. So I, I I'm, I'm just going to give you a, 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 an opinion. But you have their top defense and even even Ivan uh, is Kovrov. Him? No, 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 no. Is that me? him? Is that him communicating to his players through the media? John Tortorella, shit. Did you hear what Tort said? He's got concerns about the room, boys. Yeah, could be. Doesn't, doesn't when you have the name Ivan Kovrov, your number one up? defenseman, at the end of the year basically state that he doesn't even know if he wants to come back. That is a problem. That is a big problem. You know, you, you bring in Anthony D'Angelo. Now, are we going to talk about the Anthony D'Angelo that played on Carolina last year? We're going to talk about that guy. We're going to talk about the guy in 64 games, scored 10 goals and 51 points and was plus 30. Do you want to talk about that guy? Or do you want to talk about the guy who played for the Rangers, who is literally one of the worst teammates in NHL history? And the team literally bought this guy out because he was such a D-bag. Well, didn't Shesterkin, didn't he fight one of the goalies too? He's carrying it, a lot of baggage, man. He does not. There is a lot a of baggage good... with uh, D'Angelo. Now, has he changed? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. If I'm torts and you sign this guy, I would be thinking to myself, is that the guy I want in my room? Is that the guy I want in my room? You can just go through the, through the team and, and try and, and ask questions. And we do not know the answers to it. I'm not in the dressing room. I don't know these players. I don't know the individual guys. So for me to for for me to sit here and say, you know, the team's complete train wreck, it's very, it's very apparent that Portarella 
has looked at what he has in this dressing room. He's probably done a tremendous amount of research on each and every single player. Okay. And he's trying to figure out, he's trying to put the pieces together. And right now there's some pieces that aren't fitting. John's been around a very, very long time in this league, coaching multiple teams in this league. John, eh? And he is going to figure this out because this is not like him, um, you know, coaching the Rangers or, or or some of the other teams that he he has coached. This is a team that is in a transition right now. They're in a funk. They need to figure out what they need to do with this roster. And I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be very tough. I think they're going to have a, a, a couple tough seasons before, you know, they can uh, they can improve this roster. Uh, John, I'm still stuck on John. All right. Well, it's it's interesting. It's just the torch show begins. I saw that headline, and I you know I look forward to it. I hope it is a for our for our entertainment. I hope that it is a bit of a train wreck there for a little bit because you know you're going to get some good torch quotes, but at the same time, I. I root for my old teammates. I like to see him do well. You got Danny Briere there. Now he's got a little more finger on the pulse there in Philly. I'd like to see them do well. I don't know where they're going to head this year, but, you know, I always root for those guys. Uh, One thing I need to mention before we get out of here. If you don't have HBO, get it for about 10 hours and watch Winning Time. Winning time is the story about the Lakers and how Dr. Bus took over. John C. Riley plays Dr. Bus. It's a young genie bus. It's Magic Johnson as a rookie. It's Kareem Abdul Jabbar at the end of his career. It's the Laker. It's it's Larry Bird getting drafted, winning rookie of the year over Magic Johnson. It's how the whole Celtic Laker rivalry started. And I got to tell you, man, it is, it kept me up, it kept me up for hours. I could not turn it off. It was like two in the morning the other night. I'm like, holy shit. I've watched like four episodes. I got to go to bed. I put my little yeah. guy to bed and I turn this thing on and it is like, it is. So if most- you had a, if you had a choice to rewatch the Celtics over the Lakers, so Larry Bird. Parrish, you know, was it Kevin Hale? Then you got uh, who you got on the other side, uh, Magic Johnson. I mean, I didn't all- know all the players. I, lo- I started looking up a lot of these players, looking up the coaches. I didn't know this is one of the things that you ever heard of a guy by the name of, uh, oh my God, I just watched the show, um, Pat Riley. Yes. Right? You ever heard of Pat Riley? Go watch this show. It teaches you exactly how he got into coaching. It was a fluke. Guy was in a funk after his basketball career. Okay. Got into broadcasting, was getting shit on by his broadcast partner. And he and and their coach falls off his bike, fucking hammers his head. He's out cold. He's in a coma. The assistant coach who has no personality and no people skills has to take over. Pat Riley helps out. They end up taking over the team while they thought the other coach was dying. I have never seen more drama in the first year of, a, of an ownership franchise in my entire life. 
this show is and the actors who play it because you you know you've seen magic johnson in inter- interviews and you've seen the guy who plays magic johnson in this show unbelievable unbelievable and then i've learned so much about kareem abdul jabbar about his real name where he came from you know why he why he changed his name all this stuff why he transitioned over to islam all of it like like okay he, so i'll ask you the question again Celtics, Lakers, or Chicago, Detroit, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer. Like, I mean, the hatred between these teams were epic. You had, you know, Scotty Pippen, I mean, Bill Cartwright. You know, I was, think you, I think I think if I think the worm, if I was, Dennis I, Rodman, I would probably pick Celtic Lakers. Wow. Okay. I didn't see that coming, but all right. And I don't think I would have said that before I watched this show. But I think I think the 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 Celtics and their mindset and you know the the, the they give such a is it the, the rivalry between the two and then it's not just the rivalry it's the respect like there was no respect between Detroit and Chicago Larry Bird and Magic Johnson hated each other from the start and now you know the end they're the best of friends right like go watch the the dream team the 92 dream team they are like the best of friends so they battled for years and they hated each other, but they grew to completely respect one another. And I almost wonder sometimes if it's like Ovi and Sid in our hockey world, like yeah, you because you've seen them so many times, and maybe they never played for a championship, but they played for a conference championship. They're playing for for you know head to head for who's who's the better player. Ovi's going to be the better goal scorer. He's knocking on the door of 800 this year, but I'd take Sid 10 times out of 10 over Ovi. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like that's what we've watched. We've been spoiled with over the years, and we found it to be just kind of played out where we're watching two greats that really hate each other but respect one another battle against one another, and that's why I would say Lakers-Celtics. Yeah. All right. So watch winning time. So I'll add, I will God save the King. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.